Hey there, and welcome to the SCSeller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and today we're talking with Stephen Chin about how he successfully built his Etsy shop to generate over $2.5 million in sales with only 400 listings. He sells in four product categories, which is pretty rare. In today's show, Stephen shares many strategies that he's personally using to thrive as a full-time seller. Here's a clip from today's show. When you find these success attributes, like like what are five things I need to have on a listing level and what are five things that I need to have on a design level? What you'll see is like this shop, the shop one that I scraped, they're doing maybe three out of the five things on the listing level and maybe four of the five things on the design level. I'm going to do five out of five on the listing and yep. five out of five on the design. Shop number two that I, that, I, that I scraped is maybe doing two out of five things on the listing level and like three out of five things on the design. Well, I'm going to do five out of five and five out of five. So you're offering a better listing yep. and a better design for what's converting in the markets. We have an awesome episode for you guys today. Again, this podcast is always brought to you by Everbee. Everbee is the growth tool that helps Etsy sellers find winning products on Etsy, get more sales, shows you the revenue of each product listing, shows you the tags that, that each listing is using to drive their SEO. We show you the keyword search volume for each specific keyword. So you know what people are actually searching for on Etsy, and then you actually know what they're actually buying on Etsy. Okay, it's a tool that you guys need to be using to grow your Etsy business. So sign up for free at everbee.io. And enough of that, let's jump into today's episode. Tell me how you got started with Etsy. Like, how did you get here? Yeah, so I first found out about the opportunity of selling on Etsy about two and a half years ago. So at that time, I was pretty fortunate that I had already been selling online for about three years. So I already had the foundation of like what it took to sell on a third party marketplace like Etsy. So it was about two and a half years ago, you know, peak of COVID, June 2020, uh, a mutual friend of ours, you know, Jesse, super successful Etsy seller. Yep. Um, his family was visiting us for a week. And I just remember him saying like, bro, I launched face masks on Etsy two weeks ago. And he like shows me his phone. I'm like, bro, he made $3,000 today. Yep. So he's like, dude, wow. I've been making three to $4,000 a day selling face masks on Etsy. He's like, I know you're working on other projects right now, but like you should go launch face masks on Etsy. <laughs> so I was like, I'm sold. I, I'm stopping everything. I'm launching face masks on Etsy. What, what's next? So he's like, he's like, buy this printer, buy this heat press, you know, buy these masks. He's like, don't copy me, but good luck. <laughs> so I love that. Okay. So real quick on that. So that's, and I know some of that backstory, which, and I relate to so much this, um, but to, for everybody listening, like you started on Amazon. Yep. Uh, and, and I started on Amazon too, which is funny. Uh, and then we, we went the Amazon FBA route, Amazon route and found like decent success. You found decent success there, but like you came across as like opportunity and you're just like, wow, this face mask thing. Plus this Etsy thing. You already had the fundamentals of e-commerce. Correct. So really it's a matter of just like plug and play type of thing, right? It's just a new platform, but really it's all the fundamentals are the same. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. So literally what I would have done on Amazon is what I did on Etsy. So I, I spent the next week, the time it took all the equipment to come in. So I didn't do print on demand. I actually was doing it manual. So I bought the, you know, the equipment, the presses, the yep. printers. So the time it took all that equipment to arrive, it took about a week. I spent that time like launching the Etsy account, doing the research, creating the designs, launching the listings. So that way when everything came, I literally just turned everything on. Yep. And so it was like the day one, I got like 17 sales. Day two, I got like 30 sales. Day three, I got like 60 sales and 120, then 300 and like 500 sales a day by day five. I love which that, was, man. Which was absolutely crazy. But like, keep in mind, like this was hand printed masks that yep. I had to do by myself in the garage, in the dark. Like I, I joke that like, I didn't have gray hair two and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that launching face masks, you know, gave me gray hair. So I was working like 16 hours a day uh, for like the next 90 days straight yep. where like we grew out of my garage in like the first two weeks, 
had like, you know, like 15, 20 employees by like two months. We had like that first October. So like three months later, we did like $200,000 revenue. We were doing like 800 to a thousand masks a day. It, it just ramped up to the minimum. Yeah. But like, as you know, like, like January that next year, like mandates ended and the business died just as fast as it ramped up. Yeah. Like we were doing like 500 masks a day. Then it went to like five masks a day overnight. Yep. Which is so real quick on that. Let's pause because like most people would look at this, not most people, a lot of new, newer Etsy sellers or maybe existing Etsy sellers would look at like, oh, Steven's so lucky. He like fell into this like face mask thing and he, that's, that's how he got successful. Um, but in reality, like that wasn't the case, right? Like you weren't so lucky, obviously, right? There's so many trials in there, I'm sure. Um, but also just like recognizing the opportunity that was there actually, right? Cause you had all this like research on the back end, like doing other products and doing, working with Amazon, working with a little bit of, you know, maybe Etsy. Uh, but the point is like, you created your own luck and you maximized on this opportunity that was in front of you. And you also probably knew that this wasn't going to last forever. So you knew that like, let's take advantage of this now and then figure out the rest later. Is that like, would you agree? Exactly. Like, like at that time, I think over a hundred thousand other people were trying to sell face masks on Etsy. Etsy was literally emailing their sellers. Like you should launch face masks on Etsy because mm -hmm. they, they couldn't get enough sellers. So, and, and also like I launched, like after they were like blasting out those emails, like it was still like six months later, like hundreds of thousands of people were trying to sell. And I was able to again, leverage the, the, the skill sets, the fundamentals that I had, the research, uh, and, and like my launch strategy to where I was able to kind of go blow past the competition competition. I think we ended up being like ranked number 13 on Etsy out of 4.4 million other sellers that year. And we launched That's in June. That's amazing. It's, it really is. Um, Okay, man. So real quick, and we're going to jump into the next phase uh, of Steven's Etsy shop and Etsy businesses too, which is, which I'm excited to next, but, uh, tell us like a little bit of like high level numbers, what, what you're willing to share, like how much revenue have you done on Etsy? Just like in your lifespan of that was two and a half years ago. Yep. So what, how much revenue have you created? Yeah. So with, with the masks, we made a million dollars in the first 11 months. So like my, I made my first million dollars in Etsy with the face masks lifetime, two and a half years, we've done $2.5 million revenue. Okay. And, so non-masks, 1.5 million in revenue. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So we've now sold more non-masks than we have masks. Yep. So for everybody listening, like if you're thinking like, uh, you know, Steven, all his money came from masks, that's absolutely not true. It's less than 50%. Like mm -hmm. he's, he used, he leveraged like that to jump, get him to jump started on Etsy. And then it sounds like he applied the fundamentals of business on of Etsy success to the next business. Um, Correct. Right? Amazing. So let's move into that next phase. So like now, what did you do? Mass business, you know, it was phasing out. What, what were you doing next? Yeah. So I would say like the masks was like my crash course in Etsy. Okay. Uh, so like when it died, we literally had to come to like a stopping point. Like, do we want to do something different? Go back to Amazon or do we want to continue building this Etsy business? So at that time I've like fallen in love with Etsy. I've fallen in love with owning a print shop, selling print products on Etsy, being a boss, you know, my employees, the culture and things like that to where like we decided to, instead of starting something different to just rebuild our current business. So we took the money from the masks. We took the knowledge from building out that business and, and selling print products to just launch more print products on Etsy. Okay. So we spent the next 1.5 years launching this, um, four different print product categories, the exact same process that we use for the masks, uh, to, I think totally sold like 190,000 things so far. Amazing. Um, so there's so much in there that I want to pull out of you. Uh, um, first of all, you have a mask business, you have a bunch of reviews. So I imagine you would probably leverage that same shop and probably just remove all the mask listings and like use the same shop. Is that what you did? It, exactly. Yeah. So we, 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 we leveraged the reviews. So that way, when we launched into the next product category, we launched, I think we had like 7,000 reviews. We launched with 7,000 reviews, which kind of gave us like a higher conversion rate and a click through rate. And then now I think we have like 20, 21,000 reviews. 
Amazing. Okay, cool. And then um, how did you, so when you start from zero, basically starting from like a, you're starting from zero again. Um, yeah. How did you, how did you do it? I know you're a big research guy. I'm a research guy. You're a data guy. I'm a data guy. Right. So like we can like nerd out on this stuff all day. Um, and most people actually listening to this is actually kind of nerdy in this way too. Cause like they're ever be yeah. users most of the time and they understand the power of data. Like, how can you like tell them like, what, what did you do? How do you find the next big, big product for you? <clears throat> yeah. So like my background before being like an entrepreneur was like engineering. I went to school for like college for four years to be an engineer. So like, okay. like you mentioned, like I love the data, I love the numbers, I love the Excel sheets and things like that. Yeah. So I, I've I've failed enough times in trying to launch businesses online that I've I know that you can't just like do like you know a shotgun approach, a wide net approach, or just hope marketing. Like you have to leverage the tools that are provided. You have to leverage the data and and make decisions based on data, not based on like you know passions or hobbies and things like that. So it starts with, you have to find the right product. So you start with, you start with, I start with product, then I go to design. So for most people who are probably listening to this, they're probably doing print on demand and they're probably doing print on demand apparel. So if you've already selected that, like apparel is the product you're going to do, then I move into like the design. Uh, and the way that I do that is, um, I call it mirroring. So like, I don't try to like reinvent the wheel or, or add something like innovative to the market. I, I, if something's already selling, there's reasons why it's selling. And I try to like back into the, I call them success attributes, like the mm -hmm. success attributes that are causing this to sell both on a, on a listing level and on a design level. So like using a tool like Everbee, for example, you can scrape shops that are selling apparel that are selling, you know, the kind of designs that you want to sell and the right niches you want to sell. Um, again, on the same marketplace, they're doing the volume that you want to do. Like maybe they're selling 20 shirts a day. Imagine the power if you could scrape their entire store mm -hmm. and you have all the backend information on all their listings, like almost like a sneak peek into their business. And imagine if you did that on 10 more stores, you have like 10 shops, you scrape all of their information, you compile all of that data and you filter it from which one sells the most. So do you see the power in that? Right. So it's like, I'm not just launching designs and hoping that it works. I've, I've, I've find shops that are selling products I want to sell and on, you know, in the same niches that I want to sell in. I, I scrape enough information. I filter it based on like which one sells the most. Yep. And then what I do is I start to go through that list and, and I, I go into their listings. This is what I do is I go into like the, the one that ranked at the top of the list. I click into the listing and I ask myself like, why do I think this listing made the top of the list? Like, like what's, what with this listing is causing it to be the most successful out of maybe 10,000 listings. I love this. Is it, is it like, like, look at the images, look at the title is, is the, does the main image have a, like an actual model wearing the shirt or just like the, the thing laying flat on the ground? Do they have a display price? Are they free shipping? What are their lead times? Like, what do I think the, on the listing level is causing them to be successful? Yeah. Then I go over to the design. What's with the design that's causing them to be successful? What niche is it in? What colors are they using? What fonts are they using? What placements are they using? And then you just make these notes and then you go down to the next one on the list and then the next one and the next one. So you spend about two hours going through your list. And then you're, this is like, this is like, this is literally like market research, competitor yep. analysis. Yeah. And then by the end of like two hours of looking into the market, you can say like, wow, if I'm going to launch apparel on Etsy, I need to have this many listings. My main image needs to look like this. My font palettes need to be like this. I need to have graphics that are in these niches using these fonts, using these color palettes. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes in today's market to be successful. You see how that's a little bit more powerful than just like throwing designs up. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's definitely like a methodical approach to, to, to succeeding. Right. Um, not enough people do this. Uh, it's kind of like what I've always kind of believed too, is like, you should be able to back, back out of success. Like you see like an, an ideal, 
right? And then just like reverse engineer that whole thing, right? Um, exactly. And you're not gonna be hundred percent right, and that's okay. But you don't you don't need to be hundred percent right. You only need one product that really crushes it for yeah. you, right? Like you're one product away from like changing your entire business and changing your probably your whole entire life, actually. Yeah. Uh, which is the coolest thing about it. Now, going back up for a second, a lot of people are stuck a little bit on like. Okay, they understand they want to sell apparel, they want to sell like shirts or something like that, right? Um, I mean, you said you said niche a couple of times, right? Picking pick a niche. How do you yep. someone find a niche to sell in? Like, what do you what do you, what was your approach? Yeah, so so niche being like, I, I don't believe in selling in a specific niche, like okay. just just pet products or just so not the uh, just pet owners. So I I I I'm a big believer in um, just selling all of it, but like, but with but with oh. your filters, like personally, I wouldn't sell like crude shirts or gothic shirts or political shirts or things like that but like i'm okay with selling like a dog mom shirt and you know or like a grandma shirt or all in the same shop shirt. so so the, again you want to have like a, a super wide top of funnel like and so you can capture more searches if that makes sense yep but um but the question is like how do you find the right product so like i meant like gotcha. i find the product first uh there's so there's ways that you can do that so like what i do the way that i found my last few products you can use a tool like ever be where you can do this manually where I start with like a broad search on Etsy, like I might type in like engagement gift, like something super broad. And I just start to, you know, scroll through the page uh, of search of page one results. And I, and I just see like, hey, like what looks appealing here, looking for like a listing that might have like, you know, three to 5,000 reviews, um, meaning that if they were successful and they launched in the last three years, they're selling about, you know, you know, 20 to 50 a day. So I find something that looks appealing, maybe if it's like whatever the product is, I click into it and it's like, hey, they have 5,000 reviews, but they launched 10 years ago. I'm probably not going to want to launch that, right? But if I find a product that looks appealing, that has like three to 5,000 reviews and they launched two years ago, that means they're probably averaging 100 sales a day. It's like, okay, let's 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 go into this further. So I, I so I start with a broad search and I start looking for products and then I kind of go dive into it that way. You can also use tools where you can just go into like a like a, a market, like like home decor, and you can, and it shows you like the top seller on Etsy for 2022, and you can go into all the top shops and just see what are they doing. So again, success leaves clues, and there's and there's tools out there to find those clues. Totally, yeah, and I think you were kind of going back to like what you were saying about like analyzing specific shops and like actually digging into like what are their best sellers in that specific shop. So it's like mm -hmm. step one, what I'm hearing, I'm extracting this out is like find a best find a shop like within your niche that's crushing it. Uh, you know, and basically run analytics, Everbee analytics on that. You could do this in different ways. You can do it manually, but you could definitely use Everbee to do it. And basically, um, like view all their, like, so, like analyze all their listings. So if they have like 1500 listings, mm -hmm. uh, like Everbee can show you like literally, okay, all 1700. And then you could actually just sort by revenue, sort by total sales, sort by monthly sales. And it literally in a matter of like two clicks can, you can understand, okay, out of all 1500 of these listings. Mm -hmm. like these five are actually carrying the entire shop. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to make all the other ones. I'm going to make like exactly. something more to these five. And then you put that on your list and then you make that list basically a big, it sounds like a big master list essentially. Exactly. And then as soon as you have that, you study it. And then at that point, um, after you study the list, you move into like more of the execution phase, which is like, mm -hmm. okay, like I need to either make these myself or I need to hire a designer to help me make these or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that comes down to like the next, the, the product creation phase. Is that correct? Exactly. And then when you get into the part where you start analyzing these listings to find like the success attributes, this is how you add value to the market. So a lot of people are like, oh, don't copy the competition. And then like, well, how do I make my version of it? When you find these success attributes, like you like, what are five things I need to have on a listing level? And what are five things that I need to have on a design level? What you'll see is like this shop, the shop one that I scraped, 
they're doing maybe three out of the five things on the listing level, maybe four of the five things on the design level. I'm going to do five out of five on the listing and yep. five out of five on the design. Shop number two that I that I that I scraped is maybe doing two out of five things on the listing level and like three out of five things on the design. Well, I'm going to do five out of five and five out of five. So you're offering a better listing yep. and a better design for what's converting in the market currently. You're so that's, adding that's value to the market. Yeah, exactly. Like so many people, like they. Um, they get caught up a little bit on the copying and the copy listings. And obviously like we would never recommend to just go copy a listing. Like that's not what we're doing. Like what Steven's mentioning here is like, you're, you're, you're taking, you're modeling the listing or mirroring in his case. Right. Yep. And you're basically taking that listing and you're improving it by X percent, right? 20%, 30%, sometimes hundred percent. You're actually making it way more, way better for the end seller, which is better for the market. And, uh, it's, it's a healthy way of growing our entire marketplace, I think. Exactly. So like, and, and by doing it this way, like the chances of the, the listings converting at, at, a, at a profitable conversion rate is way more probable. And then also like by doing it this way too, you're not launching a thousand listings, like the average POD seller, maybe selling apparel that's doing it successfully. They have a thousand listings. It's like the wide net approach, the, so yep. the shotgun approach. Uh, just how, to many listings, how many listings do you have? Yeah, I was gonna say just to share my numbers, like again, I sell in four different product categories and I have just a little bit over 400 listings. So I'm only launching like nice. 100 listings per product category, not a thousand. And I'm not hitting like six figures, I'm hitting seven figures. So that kind of gives you an example of like the power of this. Yep. And also going back to the master list, like our most recent product that we launched, the product that was at the very top of the list, guess what? It's, it's, it's our best seller. It's your the, top the one that was number two on the list, it's our second best seller. The one that was number three on the list, it's our third best seller. So it's like, it, it gives you enough information. And then if you do the process correct, that it's like, it will be successful. You can trust the process. And I love it. Yeah. And you're not Real. wasting time. People get discouraged. I'm kind of switching gears just a little bit. People get discouraged when they, when they do this process and they, they create some, a bunch of products. Let's say, let's say they create a hundred products, right? Maybe they do everything the right way. Um, and then certain listings just don't sell for them. Mm -hmm. uh, is that the case for you? Like I believe in the 80, 20 rule. Almost always, yeah. it's, it seems to be yeah. true. Maybe even ninety ten rule. Meaning, maybe you could just talk about that. Maybe before I even say, like, what does that mean to you? Like in your case, yeah. So like, I, I'm a huge believer in eighty twenty. So like, what that means is like, if I have a thousand listings, or I say I have a hundred listings, or if I have a hundred listings, twenty listings are going to do eighty percent of my revenue. So like, why even bother with the other eighty listings when I can make eighty percent of the profit with you know like four times less work? So yeah. that's that's kind of why I love this process is because I'm doing like one-tenth the work i'm not launching you know a thousand products per category i'm launching 10 or yep. i mean a hundred so a, a lot of reasons why listings don't get traction and this kind of goes into my launch strategies it's a little bit different but when you launch a product on etsy you're not automatically ranked to page one so mm -hmm. i use a rule of thumb that 80 percent of sales happen on page one and the other 20 percent of sales happen on page two through the rest of the pages right mm -hmm. so if you're not on page one you're missing out on 80 percent of the sales so the question is like, well, how do I get to page one? So the biggest uh, variable that Etsy looks at for Etsy or for rank is sales velocity, because a sale is a derivative of everything else being done correctly. Like if you have a good listing, a good conversion rate, good customer service, good quality score, it leads to a sale, right? Mm -hmm. So sales velocity leads to rank, but that leads that that begs the question. Well, if I'm on page 15, I'm getting no sales velocity. How am I ever going to get to page one? It's like the chicken and the egg question. Yep. So. A lot of people teach that you don't have to use Etsy ads to make money on Etsy. I, I completely disagree because <laughs> if, you, if you're organic, so let's say this is your organic, this is your, this is your, your paid listing. If your organic is on page 15, getting no sales, how are you ever going to get ranked to page one? So you turn, you turn on Etsy ads, your Etsy ad is getting paid to be promoted on page one. 
You start getting sales through your paid listing, that's generating sales velocity. Now your organic listing goes from page 15 to page 14. You get a few more sales on your paid listing. Now it goes from page 14 to page 10, and then eventually goes to page one. And so you're, you're use, I don't use Etsy ads as a tool to make a profit. I use it as a tool to drive rank. So people who are like, hey, I just got no traction. Like, are you using Etsy ads? Maybe, but is, are you doing like a dollar a day budget or a $5 a day budget? That might be the reason why you can't promote a hundred listings with $5 a day. Um, and I wanna make one more point on, on that too, is Etsy ads is not like a cost. It's not a fee, like $5 a day, that's $150 a month. Most people couldn't afford an extra $150 mm -hmm. a month, but Etsy ads are a tool. Like think of it like an ATM machine. Like you put a dollar in, you get $2 back. Yep. Like I was looking at my Etsy stats the other day and I gave Etsy $100,000 in 2022. Like that's a lot of money. But Etsy gave me $250,000 back. So I gave Etsy $1 and it gave me $2.50 back. So not only was I able to leverage, leverage it as a tool to drive rank for my organic listings, but I was also getting a return on it. So I, I would encourage you to turn on ads at its max budget. And if you're, and if you're losing a little bit of money, if you can afford it, I think it's okay because you're driving rank and like within like one to two weeks, the organic listing will start getting sales and that will offset the potential loss on, on the ads. Or if the ads are or negative, that might tell you that, Hey, maybe your conversion rate needs to be improved or your click-through rate needs to be improved. Can we talk about click-through rate? I was actually going to go there next. I'm happy you did. Um, a lot of times people are wondering, you know, what's going on with their ads? Like, why are they not working? Are they working? Like, are they doing good? Are they doing bad? And one yeah. of the, like a lot of things is before they have a sale, obviously you want a positive ROAS, right? And you want ROAS means return on ad spend, but you obviously want sales conversion at the end of the day, but before sales, right? You need to have clicks. Um, what is yep. a solid click-through rate that you're kind of targeting for, for your listings? Yeah. So, so I, I love Etsy ads too, because it gives you data that you can, that you can again, leverage to make decisions moving forward. Yep. So Etsy ads are PPC. Can you hear that? A little bit. It's all good. Okay. Sorry. So, so Etsy ads are PPC pay per click. So if no one's clicking on your listing, you're not giving Etsy any money. So typically you run into three scenarios. One it's successful and you're making money and it's, everything's good or two. You're not, you might have like, Hey, I have a $20 a day budget on Etsy, but like, it's only spending, you know, $5 or three, it's spending all of your money, but you're making no money. So in scenario two, where it's like, Etsy's not spending enough of your money that like you want it to spend more money. That, that, that's a click through problem. Cause they're not clicking on your listing. So how can you increase your click through rate? Um, so there's things like, there's only a few things that you can show the customer to entice them to click onto your listing, like your main image, your price point, your reviews. So like if you, so one thing that I do is I have, um, I try to make my main image as enticing as possible Okay. where I, I call it a digital shelf. Like when somebody searches like, you know, mom shirt and they see like a hundred listings, it's almost like a shelf, like where they see all the different products that they can, that they can, they can grab and, and click onto. You need to make your listing like a pattern interrupt. Like if everyone is using like beige shirts and it's just like, it's like, like a sea of just like beige, mm -hmm. maybe put like a, like a dark gray shirt in there. So it's like a pattern interrupt. Or mm -hmm. if everyone is using just like the flat laydowns, put, put someone wearing the shirt in there. So it's like a pattern interrupt. So it's like, here's pops and they might click onto it. Right. Um, or you can have a lower display price. So those are a few things that you can do to check that someone click onto your listing okay. that, that allows you to spend more of your Etsy budget. If you run into the scenario where it's spending enough of your budget, but you're just not getting a return, then you're having a conversion rate because of like a hundred, if you have like a 1% conversion rate, a hundred people might click onto your listing, but only one buys. So that's really expensive. You're paying for a hundred clicks for one purchase. If you can get your conversion rate from a one to five, 
you just made five times more money. So out of that, those same hundred clicks, you made, you got five transactions instead of one. So there's, there's things you can do on the listing level to try to increase your conversion rate. So I would, I would encourage you guys to like, look at your Etsy ads and then determine, do I have a click-through problem or a conversion problem? And then like, how can I increase my, my click-through rate or how can I increase my conversion rate? I love it. And you just gave basically strategies on how to do that. <clears throat> um, and to, to clarify the click-through rate, the, usually what I would target personally is like a 2% click-through rate is like kind of where. I feel like it's okay. It's reasonable for me in most cases. Now, yeah. what, do you have a number that you use like as a rule of thumb? Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> so I, okay. I, I I don't. So like I, I'm just I'm confident that like by doing the process, we're talking about like finding the right products and the right designs. That uh, and I do have a process for my main image, my price points, and yep. then like everything that like even if I had a click through a problem, like I've optimized it to the best of my knowledge and the best of my ability. That where yep. I I don't know what I could fix to be honest. <laughs> so and that's fine. And sometimes. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. And then like, tell everybody like average conversion rates, um, like in your, in your shop and your listings, like, what are you kind of generally feeling for conversion rates? Yeah. So for me personally, I think my average, if I, if I look at the full, like, I think I actually looked at this earlier today for the full last, you know, um, 2.5 years, my average conversion rate is 6.5%. So for some people like maybe getting like, are like 3%, 2%. So I'm a little bit above average, but again, like, so because I know what customers are looking at to lead to a conversion. So one thing that I did, and like when I figured this out, like when, it, when this clicked for me, like this made things so much easier to have a higher conversion rate. So I actually encourage everyone like listening to this, to like go buy something on Etsy. So like go to Etsy and I like type in mom shirt and then you see all the results. It's like, and then when you click onto a listing, ask yourself like, why did I click onto this listing and not that listing? And then, and then think, okay, well, how come like that helps your click through rate? Like when you, when you figure out those things that led to that click, right? When you're on the actual listing, like when you, when you, um, add it to cart, ask yourself, like, why did I add this to cart? Did I read the title? Did I even read the description or did I only look at the photos? Most people only look at the photos, the price point, and they add to cart, right? So it's like, if you have really good photos, that might help your conversion rate. And then once you're on the cart, did you bounce or did you check out? So like lead times and shipping, shipping rates and post purchase, did you leave a review? Yeah. So like, if, if you can like optimize every single step of the buyer's journey, like make that as fluid as possible, remove as much friction as possible. Your conversion rate is going to be like as optimized as you can possibly make it. So just knowing the buyer's journey and like what people are actually looking at on your listing, um, will help you know, like where you can make improvements. I love it, man. I'm, I'm so, I'm so fascinated because <clears throat> you're more curious, like you're curious about the entire process, right? Um, like so many times sellers, uh, and, and I see experience it every single day and I'm trying to discourage it a little bit. I, they think short-term, they think like, I need money today. And like, how do I do it today? And, mm -hmm. and what happens is and that's fine. It's okay to be like in, you know, in a, in a, in like, you want to, you want to hustle and you want to make it work. That's great. Uh, but a lot of times it like, it makes you leave out all of the, like the curiosity of like understanding, you know, why did, why does some, why, you know, some of the fundamentals, like, why should I buy this? Why, why did I click on this? Why did I add this one to cart? Uh, if you miss out on some of those things, you're missing out on the fundamentals and basically yeah. you're just looking for someone to tell me what to do next. And that's fine to like ask questions, but it's, it's better to actually ask you, ask yourself the question of like, how can I improve this? You know, yeah. uh, versus like, Hey, Steven, like, tell me what to do. You know, why don't I have sales? Why don't I have sales? Why don't I have visitors? Why don't, you know, and it's, it's better to actually look and like, actually ask yourself the question and then think about it. Actually just think about it based on like best practices. Um, but that's what, that's the point of this, the conversation, right? It's hopefully someone can hear that and, and take it. Exactly. Take that there's a, there's a huge difference from like memorizing and understanding. Yeah. Like, 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 like I was went to school for engineering. Like it was one thing to like memorize a formula then versus like 
understanding the formula. Like, like mm-hmm. you do way more better when you actually understand the fundamentals right. and how it works. So it's like by at, by being curious and poking into things like this, you actually have a fundamental understanding. It makes you make the correct decisions, not only on this product, but on the next product that you launch. So it's like these questions and these fundamentals that I, I've like asked myself and developed these processes based off these, like off my curiosity. Like, ha, like I do it on every single product launch and every single product launch I've had since the face masks has, you know, fortunately been successful, but it's the yep. same process. Yeah, exactly. I love that, man. Um, well, I, there's a million things that we can talk about, right? And I could talk, we could talk about this stuff all day, but I just greatly, greatly appreciate your time and like sharing value with, with our everybody, everybody audience. And, um, and I'm sure you have a million more things that you can share with them, but <laughs> overall, man, um, thank you for your time again. And I just really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. And thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Okay. Talk to you soon. Later.